0: Welcome back to the Lanchon Rouge Cycling Podcast for the final stage of the Tour de France FAMOVIC Swift, the final Tour de France stage of the month. 30 straight days of, well we did take a couple of rest days in there. 30 straight days of <laughs> podcasting videos. Ooh. What a big month of July. Benji even had some big news yesterday. He still came on the podcast. Um, it's been a huge month. Thanks for all your support and I can't wait to talk about this fascinating TT and Po, How do you feel Benji? after after such a month i think it's been our best one yet
1: i think so as well and like usually i would expect to be like in a complete burnout phase yes i can use a few rest days in the next week i won't lie that's why we're not doing individual episodes of every single stage of polonia this week bro we never did that (laughs) did we (laughs) i think we did it the first year if i recall correctly
0: (laughs) desperate for viewers (laughs) anyone want to listen to this shit
1: But anyway, I've had a, a few changes in my life. I got married and... Um, Congratulations. I, uh, thank you very much. And now uh, the de France sun has finished and it was... Let's be honest about it. When it comes to the stage win, we disagreed yesterday, but I think deep in your heart, you were not expecting the rider that you selected to be the all-out favorite if it came down to an individual time trial in a single event. Oh yeah, was... if I was a
0: bookie, I would have put Royce the favorite. <laughs> I was just trying to be so contrarian, <laughs> yeah.
1: But we came to this time trial with not necessarily the fight for the GC eater, but the podium was wide open. And if we take a look closer at what the time trial looked like, it's not a completely flat time trial, right? I'll, I'll let you go through it.
0: Yeah, it's quite difficult, you know. Like this, this one point four k, seven and a half percent climb. You know, that's a decent proportion of this TT up to the first inter or the only intermediate time check from Po to Po. They do a loop basically south of the of the city, and I thought this was quite difficult. It's also a little bit false flash one percent up to that that climb in the middle, and then the the second half is much quicker, nearer to fifty k's an hour. for for the top riders, a false light downhill before a final ramp of six hundred meters, five percent into Po, which you know again is quite difficult, and if you got tired legs, you can actually lose a lot of time there. And we, we knew Vollering wasn't losing her GC, mm-hmm. the question yeah. was two, three, four. We had Kopecky seven seconds behind Van Vleuten in fourth, Van Vleuten in third, and then to compare, uh, to Nivia where there was a solid enough gap of like thirty five, forty seconds between her and. Um, and kopecky and so the question was how whether nivia doma could completely fall off the podium yeah. uh it might have even been more than that it might have been like 45 seconds plus between her and kopecky and thirty to, to van vluten because if avv does her best TT, and nivia doma struggles she could move second to fourth uh but yeah, yeah we as expected were not I did actually think Vollering had a decent chance to win, but the Cut. second part of this TT was too fast. Marlon Royce wins the TT with a time of 29.15, averaging 46 kilometers an hour, 10 seconds ahead of her teammate Vollering. Royce, watch, she, was, she was bricking it actually in the last minute in the hot seat. She was like, holy shit, Demi about to beat me. Because yeah, Vollering close behind... And actually, quicker in the second second section, which surprised me, uh, Kapecki third, another great TT, another stage podium for her, 29.53. And that means with a gap of... I can't do maths. 22, maths <laughs> 23 is 40. With a gap of 45 seconds on Nivea Doma, she goes into second on GC by like two-tenths of a second, Van Vleuten has a bad TT, 141 behind Royce, 131 behind Vollering and even 18 seconds behind Niviadoma. So Niviadoma, whilst losing second, it could have been worse. She finishes third on GC. But it kind of, I think it all played out pretty well, Benji. Except Niveodoma
1: in the first section was better than I expected. Yeah, I didn't expect Niviadoma to hold up that well. We heard an interview with Magnus Buckstedt, the at the team that she had been on her TT bike more than ever this year. So that obviously helps with getting better at time trials, being actually active on the TT bike, being in that position, training that position and being more comfortable in it. And next to that, being able to tweak it as a consequence of being more on the TT bike in the first place. And that when when her time came true, I was like, oh, if she can keep this up, she 100% keeps Kopecky behind her. 100% if she kept that up from the middle of the the TT towards the end of the TT. But towards the second part of the TT, Nivea Dorma started giving a bit more seconds back. So I think she went very hard at the start, hoping that she could keep it up. But towards the end, maybe that cost her a little, but still an amazing TT that she puts True, But the fact that it's 0.21 seconds short of being second in GC is a bit of a bummer. I, um, I will say, however, I don't really care if you're second or third no, because the majority the same, of people it? say podium. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. runner up is said, but the majority of the time we're speaking about a podium anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. i like the Pog second and Thomas year in a last
0: row? year in the tour. Same yeah, level. Well,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> no, is,
0: You're right. You're right. In history, in 10 years, podcasters will say, <laughs> you know, that, but you're right. It's, I don't us think. Us in 10 years. Yeah, us in 10 years. I think she was more worried that. If she's lost forty-five seconds to Capeki Kopecky and Kapeki's beaten her, then where's Van Vleurten? Because what if Van Vurten's taken her off the podium completely? And as you said, Doma got blown away in the uh over forty-five K an hour section. She was twenty-sixth in T1 to the finish, the faster section. She was sixth on the uh slower section. So I think she whacked that middle climb. Yeah. But um, yeah, her Physiology is working against her compared to riders like Kapecki and Roycer and even Volering. I think I think the really is a lot lighter than those riders. So interesting to me, though. I, I think Vollering could have won this TT. She d- she did Probably. T one. She did T one to the finish. Yep. Quicker than Roycer. I just It doesn't make sense to me. Like she should always be doing T one quicker the 42 43 kph one she lost 13 seconds there so but i was really surprised but she she must have had conservative pacing
1: i'm gonna expect that but also next to that next to the conservative pacing maybe on paper the pacing plan being like that you also got the fact that she's so far had in gc she doesn't necessarily need to take risks no and maybe at the halfway point of the race she realized okay i can actually still compete for the stage win but i'm not sure if the if the DS in the car would have said oh you're actually close to the stage win let's try and beat your teammate. I'm not sure it goes like that either, so can't tell you if that was a major influence there, but the fact that she's CT'ing at this level, do you reckon she would be further away from Roycer if this was not a an 8-day stage race? You reckon the fatigue makes it so Volring can be closer yeah, to Roycer? Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure. It makes a difference. And you look yeah. at look at Van Vlerten, like really suffering on the Tourmalet, huge blow yesterday, psychologically too, like a big blow yesterday, and then she has a bad TT today, um, by her standards. You know, 14th behind behind Noviodoma, behind Labou is she's she's better than that. Maybe in a fresh World Championships TT, she's not better than Royce, But so I think it all makes a big difference. The fatigue. Uh, Mulman really struggled in the TT. She finished 45th, losing 252. And she's also really, really light rider, like bow and Find. So she lost her fifth place to uh, Labou in GC, and so Labou did a, an absolutely cracking TT for someone, you know, a, a climber like her. And yeah, she to finish sixth, Labou is really, really impressive. Uh, yeah, ahead of like a Lucinda Brand or, or Cordon Rigaud or, or AVV. So. Grace Brown's the, str- the strange one to me, Benji, because she's kind of been anonymous in the race, and then she's just whacked out the best of the rest with because SD, SD works lock out the yeah. stage podium. One, two, three. She's fourth, two seconds behind Capeki, and you're like, whoa. She did try a couple of times to get in the break, but if she
1: got in a break with these legs, she would have been lethal. Yeah, certainly, and I'm kind of wondering, now towards the World Champs ITT, whether she can repeat another podium at the World Championships, because this form suggests you can compete for the podium at the World Championships ITT again, so I, uh, I admire that aspect. You, as an Australian, will be like, oh, yes, we've got a competitor here. But, um, but when it comes to just future races, I kind of hope that we stick with the time trials and World Tour races a bit more. We saw one at Swiss as well, we saw one here. I like that there's more time trials in World Tour that he's Wilders can deliver on, and I also feel like when it comes to this race, we didn't really see it necessarily when it comes to the top level of GC, but when it comes to the riders we already mentioned, Niviadoma for example, Kopeki early week and so forth, and uh, Labou, for example in this time trial, I feel like the balance with time trial kilometers versus the differences that Trumaleh made for the second, third, and fourth spot was perfection for a perfect battle on the time trial. Because it was so close today between those riders, the only difference is that we've got an Apex Predator at the top, that's Demi Volring and well, she had a pretty pretty big lead on other people in general, but if you take a look at other people in the time trial, I kind of feel like it's hard to talk about, for example, Mooman. Mooman said that yesterday, she didn't have a, an amazing time, or uh, because she had back pain or something on the Tourmalet, but when it comes to today's time trial, she also straight up falls out of the top five of GC, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. Because Labu is now on the on the top five in fifth spot, so... Would you have expected more from Mom on this race, or do you reckon that the back pain indeed hindered her from delivering on, on Ah, uh,
0: I mean, if she had back pain, I would have queried why she was trying to go for every intermediate sprint against Kopecky in a competition she wasn't going to win. Um, maybe, I guess, I think there is cash for second, and mm-hmm. she did come second in that competition, so maybe that was the rationale, but um, she had and a lot anything- to win this race.
1: If anything happens to Kopecky, we don't want it. But if anything happens, yeah, true. whether it's a crash or something, then then Mormon has green. So that's one factor that exists. But I don't think that's the thing that kept motivating Mormon to sprint for it either, to be honest. The youngsters, when it comes to GC, I do want to mention they got a barn fight now in ninth in GC. So her TT today, I actually don't know. Let's take a look what her TT looked like. Was oh, it, it was a decent not that, TT? It's not
0: that good. So she just kept ninth, but that was because... Uh, Spratt was behind her and Spratt yeah. didn't gain enough on her. Marcus couldn't, she didn't maybe do her best TT. She didn't gain enough. And Sant Esteban, yeah, ahead of her actually lost a spot to Ludwig. So she did a, you know, she struggled in the TT. So yeah, Canyon Schram finished now with, yeah, Volring winning the race overall. Kopecky second, Nuviedoma third, and Canyon Schram keep two in the top 10 with a podium, yeah. with uh, one stage win from Bowen Find. A very, very successful race. And the Maya Queen of the Mountains by four points, Nivea Doma, two, thanks to her raid yesterday. So, a successful race for them, even though maybe, yeah, losing second by a second is, uh, you know, not the worst thing in the world, but Nivea Doma nearly keeping second, too. Um, but yeah, it's a SD work. I mean, what is there to say, Benji? They've won four stages with four different riders. Yeah. Bibis, Volering, today, Roysa. They win points. They win teams by 12 yeah. minutes. They won two GC. And a lot of... yeah,
1: they probably could have won more. Let's be honest about it. So, if we take a look at that team, they're by far the best team in Women's World Tour. And it's such a significant difference. And yes, there were tactical issues on at least two stages where they could have gotten more out of it. In hindsight, they didn't need to get more out of it when it comes to Volering. They skipped 20 to 25 bonus seconds in the first three stages that Vollering could have taken that would have brought her ahead of Van Vleuten already, but in the end, it doesn't matter if Volring is just straight up better than the rest of the world. Now, does that does that take away that they made tactical mistakes in stages? No, they could have won more stages, but does that mean they had an awful Tour de France film? Obviously not, because they fucking destroyed everyone. So if I'm them, I'm, I'm I'm happy after this race. I I would obviously hope that they can work on like the the way the team looks towards the public internally because they, they their their media appearances didn't necessarily r- create the best reactions i would say
0: yeah i mean if you basically podium every stage win four stages win teams win gc one two, it does probably if you're another team you wouldn't have liked to hear things like, oh, we, the whole world is against us. Everyone's out to get us. It's like, well, yeah, because you are by far the best. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but- <laughs> And everyone did stop working with them. Everyone exactly. did after that stage. And then they had the Balfi stage win. We had the Castellan stage win. We had the uh, Norsgaard stage win. So that's adaptation. You know, if you can't beat them, you have to find out a way to work against them and not help them. And um, it was good to see more of that this race. But yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, apart from the stamp, I don't blame the riders for the stamp thing. Um, That was sort of unnecessary, yeah. I uh, think I don't then.
1: blame the riders for a lot of things. For the tactical mistakes, I also don't necessarily blame riders. Like, I feel like, Even the stage that we were saying, what are you trying with these complex tactics of Kopecky trying to be a satellite rider up the road, attacking the group, and then VolRing trying to bridge up, something that wouldn't realistically help because the other GC riders would outpace Kopecky at that point anyway. Well, that entire strategy, the riders tried to play it out the way it was set. They just couldn't do it because it was an unrealistic strategy from the team car. So I would not even blame the riders in those situations. And I think that, at SD works, I often feel bad for the riders because I feel like the the team car sometimes makes the riders look bad in situations. And I'm I'm happy that Volring was finally able to step up to the level that we were kind of anticipating her to be three years ago when she was fighting top trees in the likes of Wallon, for example. who were saying maybe this could be the new Anna van der Breggen, and this is the year where she took that spot straight up, and that she is the new the new top rider in women's world tour I, I love seeing that, because it also means that there's a completion in that phase and now we're going on to the next step, which is what next, what next, who's next to, to fight with them. But, but before I get to that, the nice thing about Volring as well, to me, is that we often talk about GC leaders and in, in men's cycling, for example, when when a Wout Fanade gives away again to him to Laporte, for example, or or was it e I don't even remember which classic it was. but.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. But these all these Flemish classics, am I right? But um, the thing is, like they're giving that away in the hope that in the races that they're actually going for it, that they get something back. And with Roycer and Foling, that really works out, I feel like. I feel like that's a, a perfect teamwork duo in so many races so far. And if we take a look at the last two weeks, for example, if I recall through the Swiss, following was working for Roycer. If I recall in was it it's where they won to it as well with Volring, yeah, well,
0: Volering led Royce win at Zulia.
1: Yeah, tactically, that was the best situation and yeah. Volering allowed Royster to take that victory. Could have easily have said, I'm going to ride behind her right now because I won this, won this myself. But she gives those victories away in the hope that Royster is there in the Tour de France Femme. And Roycer was here in the Tour de France fam. Like, like outside of the time trial, MVP. What about Kopecky? I don't want to talk about it. What? <laughs> well, Kopecki Well, She took away
0: Strade, eh? The Copecki's kind of the flip side of that, where. <laughs> I don't know. About Kopecky, though. <laughs> no. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we've, we've talked so much about tactics and this and tactics and bonus seconds, this and bonus seconds, that. Yesterday, Volering in six kilometers, put two and a half minutes into Van Vleur yeah. without anyone pacing. And we looked at the watts then afterwards, the watts are really like scary big, like yeah. the watts difference. AVV was doing four point nine for twenty twenty minutes, but Volering's doing five point six for twenty minutes like it's it's a huge difference and I'm
1: fairly certain von Vleuten's stats of yesterday also are not uh, the stats she had last year, the data she had on the climbs last year. Oh. she's gotten worse, and Volering's gotten significantly better. so I think we've got. Uh, a cross in the data as in one rider regressed a bit and volering went up significantly in her in her level and it's kind of what we were hoping in in, the, in a few years two years ago eh?
0: I don't think I don't think a last year she did 5.25 for 30 uh, and it's better Plat- than what you did yesterday and platz of 5.27 for 25 and then yesterday you know, on Petit Ballon, she launched it. And then um, on Tourmalet, she did 4.85 to high altitude. So not that much worse,
1: to be honest. Um, I, think there's, I think that's a difference, though. She said after this race, okay, uh, uh, about this race, uh, there's something missing. I feel like I have something. So I don't know if she feels like she's sick or anything, but it doesn't matter. In, even in yeah. even last year's form, of Van Vleuten would not have beaten Volringt yesterday.
0: No, no, Volering yesterday is the best we've ever seen. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. And and the way she she could have gone so much faster that's the scary thing. Like, as I said, <laughs> averaged 5.1 for 53 minutes, but the last six Ks she's attacking at 5.6, and that's on the higher altitude section. Yeah, that's up to 2100 meters. So she could have done the whole climb at 5.4. Like, certainly, re- really big what? Like, Volering. Seriously, like we'll think we were discussing it last night. Volaring could probably get round some of the mi- Middle Eastern men's races, like the even finishing, I don't know, top 20, top 25 in some of the Uni Puertos, like because no one's pacing for her on tourmalay, like yeah. they're just going walking pace for her. For her, <laughs> she's got yeah. she's doing the first part tourmalay way below threshold, like. She has even she can even go faster, which is scary. So, anyway, but, yeah, talking about great, scary, it's great that we have a new champion.
1: Does Demi Volring have to be scared about someone else? Because if we take a look at the competition of SD Works, it's so dominant that I don't see someone imminently closing that down in the next couple of years. Because if we take a look at, Kenan Tram is one of those teams that has a, a lot of talent. Nivio already podiuming, so they can step up and have like three riders competing. Like if Baron Fine grows, if Niedermeyer grows but that's not going to be for the next year that's not going to be for the next two years and will they reach a level of volering? that's like Volring is is that arguably generational talent?
0: Yeah, yeah volering's like crazy good but the only one I can think of is Daigert but she, ne- I, I don't see her getting it together like she's finally back to Europe which is great yeah. she, did, she rode one race Omelope last year she didn't race in twenty one in Europe and in two thousand and twenty she had a big crash, so it 's been you know four seasons later, just about and she was really good, but Dager's the only one where i 'm thinking of like these crazy athletes who are just as you said a generational talent she is only twenty six if she can get it together, you know if she really focused on climbing, which i don't think she will because she I presume she's going for the Olympics next year on the track, so is Dager going to try and you know, get into climbing mode. I doubt it, but she's the only one I could think of. And yeah, Canyon Strand 2024 with Daiger, Bowenfind, Niedermite, Nuvia Domos Gionjak, Xavi. That's yeah.
1: like the that's a good fucking team. Um
0: what they've got you think their... about
1: Rialini then, because she's the pure They're climber, but on the flat she's got issues. She's spending too much before climbing. How and much was she losing this TT
0: then? today? <laughs> Three minutes probably.
1: Probably. I, w- I would expect so and even even outside of this TT, the the was it in i don't know which race it was might have been La lavelta and so forth but even in this sense we saw riders right ride away from her yeah. because she simply can't write the what's necessary with her size to be able to follow what the others can produce when it comes to what so it's not even it's not even about technique in those ascents it's pure power pure absolute what that she can't can't produce and then I'm like, we need to see something major change in that, which you, can't, you can do a lot when it comes to cycling, but you can't change your inherent physiology that much either, right? No,
0: no. I would have loved to have seen her on Tormelay yesterday. I think, you know, it's, it was perfect for her. I mean, yeah. there's, there's nice riders like Labou who are consistently improving,
1: but... Podium is max yeah. for her. Yeah.
0: Volering's just so good and also, like, Volering's not even that that's small, right? So, like, yep. she's got... The, she's an all-round package. She won all the Ardennes races. She's got the punch. she got the sprint. she got the TT. She can ride the flat. She can ride the crosswinds. And she's the yeah, best climber.
1: I feel like riders in a yellow jersey look smaller. Random comment. I feel like that's the case. In time trials, yellow skin suit, riders look smaller. Really? Yeah. So when it's rock thick.
0: Yeah, no, um, that's true <laughs> but yeah to answer, no, there's no obvious uh, and I think Volring can still get better but yeah maybe someone from Canyon because they are oh, holy, really can get really, better that's scary yeah she definitely can get better but um, maybe yeah maybe someone from Canyon but yeah how would you rate this Tour de France Firm of Exwift Benji the second edition it was an SD Works domination in the end but what's your feeling about the race the parkour the action
1: I think the parkour I really enjoyed, as in, the stages really offered opportunities for riders to take early action and initiatives when it comes to GC, try and open it up early and maybe take time on competitors, but I also feel like the teams didn't necessarily use that, and with Works they ended up not having to use it, in hindsight, but there were so many opportunities. Let's say if Vollering isn't a better climber than Van Vleuten, then there were opportunities for a Roycer to take time on the other competition, and put a bit of a GC pressure on the other teams to, to see, okay, are we scared of Swin GC? Something like that. Stage 1? I don't know. The issue I have with Stage 1, I love that Kapeki won. My Belgian heart exploding. But it was also kind of, snap, it's done. Because, boom, Kapeki attacks, and it was obvious the group true syndrome was, was created, yeah. created and the race was won. So I like stages where the tension is there and those breakaway stages where it really 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 isn't isn't until the line then that that I love like those stages I really enjoyed and I enjoy the tactical plays and races but I also I like the stage where it's averagely tactical where it's not too much either so that people can follow make sense?
0: Yeah I thought Tormelay was good like that yeah. where it's like oh Nvidom is going up the road are they gonna, yeah. Are they giving her too much margin what are SD works going to do AVV and and are looking at each other, um, but, yeah. I I don't like the drama. I don't know why. Really? That's the best part of sport.
1: (laughs) It was fun for one day, but the second day becomes tiresome.
0: Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. It's like, eventually, like, can we just get it together? Can Can someone just say, let's, guys, let's all get it together. Um, but I like the drama on the road with AVV and Volering yep. not looking at each other, refusing to pull. I thought that <laughs> was really good. I thought there was definitely one too many uh, hill stage that didn't have a punchy finish. I did yep. feel like we watched the, uh, three of the same stages in the row this yep. week, uh, which was great for the breakaway wins. But if one of them was a little 2K 10% uphill finish, yep. I wouldn't have been complaining because Cassio might have won. And <laughs> yeah, it just would have been different. Maybe Mulman or Ludwig win or, or something. I think, like, what stage this week apart from really Tormel? Because, like, Kashia can't win stage one, nor Mulman, because yeah. you gotta, it's too far from the finish. Yeah. I, I feel like there wasn't really a puncher finish stage, and I would have changed out one of those misc stages for it.
1: Two more comments. I think this stage, the Tourmalet, Magical stage, pure yeah, mountain stage. I love that stuff. But I also like there being two mountain stages in an eight-day stage race, but the problem is if you make it two, then the second one might be boring GC-wise. So yeah. that's the counterpart of that. Uh, on one end, I like it being backloaded to make sure that the GC is decided late, but on the other end, I also feel like I I wanted to see two mountain stages to, to see maybe two different situations play out. You never know if one ride has a bad day on one and a better day on the other, stuff like that. But then a bit of criticism to whoever is responsible for this in the race. But I feel like a lot of moments in this race, I was annoyed by the amount of motorbikes that were in the middle of groups and the amount of cars that were passing groups on roads that they should not be passing groups at. That rider's almost crashed. And that annoys me because, like, safety has to be important. And I know you noticed as well, like, there were moments, right, where it was like, there are too many motorbikes on the screen.
0: Yeah, or cars being told to move up at strange yeah. moments by the commissaires, and then they're stuck in like the Canyon Strand one the other day, just just like stuck in the middle of the peloton before like a yeah. QOM sprinting. Like why they get told to move up just before a narrow QOM sprint. So yeah, I think there were a few of those. Well, and also the motor drafting, motor pacing for the <laughs> breakaway riders was yeah. in, like, listen, I don't mind it, <laughs> like. But if you're one of the teams chasing, its it was ridiculous at times. The, the It's demotivating. Benefit. Yeah. Not just, um, is
1: it—is it a negative advantage? Well, that's not... Is that a thing? A negative advantage? A disadvantage. Yes, that's, that's the word I was it. looking for. Not only is it a disadvantage for the second group that the first group has a motorbike ahead of them, but if they know it has a motorbike ahead of them, if they can see it, it's so demotivating to see a group right away with a motorbike ahead of them, eh? Yeah. But I would say
0: uh, I'm very happy with the event overall. You know, the yep. viewership on, on my highlight videos uh, is far up on last year, which nice. is really, really good, even though there wasn't like... It, that was just solid views. People were interested in it. I'll be interested to see how uh, France France TV's ratings are domestically. And uh, But I think there's... Oh, I look at these, the social media accounts, because the Tour de France Femme has its own individual social media accounts. I was a bit dubious about doing that actually initially. I, I probably wouldn't have done that, but on like Instagram, for example, I can see like the engagement is really, really strong. And that's not just on a, that's not piggybacking off the men's account, I don't believe. Yeah. So social media has been really, really good. And um, yeah, it's good to have a different winner too. Uh, yeah. Should we say something about AVV, Benji? I we feel like we really, should. Yeah. She seems really disappointed. Like she was crying after the finish. To lose the podium like that, I think, must be really tough. And she's obviously retiring this year. It's her last Tour de France. She won last year. World Championship's coming up this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, I mean, it feels like she really got beaten here, like both physically and also almost mentally yesterday.
1: I think so as well. Like We know there's a rivalry between Vollering and Van Vleuten, but regardless of that, for a second... Van Vleuten is a hell of a cyclist. Eh? The last two years, winning Giro Don, I think four, four times in total. Twice world champion, La Vuelta three times. She ended up winning Tour of Flanders twice as well, twice Trade, twice LBL, twice La Course. Loads of races that she ended up winning. I think sixteen stage in the Giro Don and Tour de France Femme last year. I feel like this year she hasn't been on the level of the years before, based on the races we saw. Giro Donne was nice to see her beating the shit out of everybody again though that was kind of fun to to see that once again but in his to the fam I feel like I feel like we didn't really get to see the Annemiek van Vleuten of the past but that's also that's also kind of logical eh? there comes a point in a career where you're kind of like she's still a fucking great cyclist but the others have gotten better and she has gotten a tiny bit worse and it is brutal though to see her off the podium I kind of feel bad yeah like, I love that Kopecky's on the podium as a Belgian I love that Kopecky has a podium is on the podium as a cycling fan, regardless of being Belgian. Niviadomo, same story. She deserves it after what she did yesterday. But it is ruthless to see Van Vleuten get off the podium on this, on this stage. But she just wasn't good enough, and that's a, a momental thing. That's a moment right now where she wasn't good enough. But she made a, a hell of history in the sport, and that should be admired. Yeah, I like
0: her palmares speak for themselves. 103 wins it is crazy, and winning two of the three sort of major stage races this year, La Vuelta yeah. and, and Giordano is, is impressive. And, you know, she really leads that Movistar team. Yes, like Lippert is there coming up and Norsgaard, but, you know, she drives that team too. And still to be uh, top three, top four rider in the world at 40 years old, turning 41 in October is crazy. So, yeah, it's that's, that's life, you know, that's, that's sport. Like, yeah. it doesn't wait for you. And the second, the second you're not good enough, you get put in your place very quickly and that, that's just how sport is. And But I don't know, she also, that might not even be true, like frankly, yeah. like she might, as you said, she might be feeling a bit crook. I'm sure she could still ride next year and, and be one of the top five cyclists in the world probably next year too. I don't see why her aerobic capacity would, would decrease that much if it hasn't, uh, you know, at 40. But yeah, You know, everything comes to an end. It's been wonderful to see her really, you know, be, be the figurehead and, and like the dominant force in women's cycling for what was from like 2017 onwards for six yep. years or six, seven seasons almost and winning world championships with 100K solo and oh. also just, you know, taking the training, training to a new level, like you see her training case. Yep. They do everyone's at the end of the year. It's she's Mate. like the third most, including the men. She like Crazy. does a fucked up amount of kilometers. Um, and you know, the altitude camps in Andorra and training different trains. So, you know, that, that's all been important for women's cycling. And then there's the next evolution of these like, like super athletes like volering who and go and it progresses and then in five years, seven years we'll have the yep. next one. The watts keep going up and that's life.
1: Talking about another super talent, Lotto Kopeki, <laughs> When it comes to um, this race, getting second in GC, getting the green jersey, getting that stage when initially lots of like close stages as well, where she got close to the victory, but just team didn't close it down or, or situations occurred where she didn't get into a competitive place. But regardless of that, all this together, that's a hell of a, an achievement. I think if, let's say, In two years, three years, Twitter phone's thumb decides that we're going to expand the race. We're going to make it 10 days. We're going to make it 14 days. We add one or two more mountain stages, Kopeki can't compete for the podium. I think the reason that she's up there is because there's a single mountain stage and she got an advantage on different stages. Then again, she probably could have gotten more advantage on other stages if she wasn't on SD works. But I'm also on the opinion that we shouldn't talk about her not being on SD works because SDWorks makes her more successful both in the classics and in this race as well, I feel like.
0: It's like the Van Aert discussion. It's like, okay, yeah. you can go to... You can go to EF, Education Easy Post. You're going to be yeah. their their big star. You're going to be the worse. whole... The whole classics team is going to be around you. But he he would win probably... He might win more stages in stage races, but then yeah. come Tour of Flanders or come Hedgen Hed- 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 for example. I don't know. So yeah it's it's a very similar discussion I also would say the proportion of stages in this race which suited Kapeki very particularly was so high yep. it was like six of the stages <laughs> were not pure sprints were not mountain yeah and so that re- and you're right she could have won she she came stage podium in five of them she could have won at least three yeah so she did miss out on some bonies but yeah, if you put in another couple of mountain stages, Volring and, and even someone like Riolini then, yeah. you know, or Nivea but Doma
1: takes much bigger margin. Yeah, I think so as well. We saw Kopecki had a much better climbing though than than we saw in previous years. I'm curious well, that where that will go in the future. Will she consider options in like a one-week race, for example, where if you see a one-week race, four days, for example, a four-day stage race where you've got one medium mountain stage, a bit of a TT in there, and two hilly sprint stages. I reckon she could try GC there if a Royster and a Vollering are busy doing other things in other races, for example. So I'm curious where that will go. Obviously, her focus will still be trying to win Roubaix, and I think, um, well, she she could have won Roubaix already if SD didn't bottle a bit of the tactics in those races. But when it comes to next year, it's she's favourite again for that race. So I think that's going to be a focus.
0: Yeah, and it's just clear that her threshold is obviously so high that. It's so high that even on climbs of long duration where it's steady state, she is yeah. still up there coming sixth on the Tormelay stage. So, whilst well, you know, someone like Bowen Fine got dropped, uh, although Bowen Fine I think did do a quick Tormelay, but yeah, it's I think it's been a good tour mainly because and this season's felt very refreshing to me actually. I know SD Works mm-hmm. dominated this race, yeah, despite all the misgivings and tactics, whatever, but and they still just dominated in one full state. But, this season's been quite refreshing to me because uh, Daigert's come back. Volring's changed the top top step. Canyon Shram have brought these young 20-year-olds who are flying. Riolini all of a sudden yeah. is like, what the fuck? She's so good. To me, that's really encouraging, and I've really enjoyed that part of the season so far.
1: I agree with that, but I do feel like for me to be able to... The entertainer for every single race in the season that sd works is winning a bit too much compared to other people and i can't yeah. blame sd works for investing that much money no, that in that is sport. i can't blame those riders for signing for sd works i can't blame them for being as good as they are but for the sport itself at the moment it makes the entertainment level in some races where you're like okay it's very likely that kopecky wins with we was winning the sprint behind us we've seen that scenario so many times and it was predictable almost every single time and that happens a lot and that can be good for that can't be good for the sport but on the other end isn't that what drives other teams to invest more and get better as well which then indirectly increases the sport and makes five years the five coming years more entertaining or something i don't know i don't know what the answer is i don't know what to say about it but i feel like this year had very entertaining races but also not so entertaining races in there
0: yeah, I mean, we probably were denied Charlotte Cool going ahead against Vibers in this yep. race. Like, I wanted to see that probably three times, four times, like in UAE Tour. Um, and, and you're right, there is a severe concentration of talent in the one team. And, you know, what if they, they, they buy Ballonfind in 25 or, or Newton, uh, Niedermeyer? That's... That's sort of the fear, or maybe you're right. Maybe the other team see, holy, look, look at the audience numbers in this Tour de France Femme avec Swift. we got to invest more in our women's team because we need to be on that podium. Hopefully that is what will happen.
1: I'm going to give you a hot take. And okay. I've got this hot take straight from the thought process of my wife that has been telling me this for an entire year. Fem van Empel, Femke van Empel, 11th in Girodon this year. Excruciatingly great CX rider. I think she'll grow further and might end up being that generational talent that we need against the Fall Ring, because she basically top 15, half of the, 80% of the Girodon stages. And if you can do that, and if you can get better, because she's fucking 20 years old, eh? That's a super talent in the making. And she can win the Tour de France from in like five years, 10 years. That yeah, is a bit long. I don't know how tall
0: she is, but, um, yeah. 173.
1: But- the, those cyclocross
0: riders, you know, you see them like Blanca Vache. They have so much talent. They're so young and they're already performing in, in quite competitive fields there. Park Peters as well, like, there's no doubt if she focused on the road, she would be a top, top yeah. rider. But she's contracted to Phoenix de Koenig till 2027. <laughs> so, um, like, well, good on them. Phoenix de Koenig also seemed to be moving in the right direction. And Rudolf said he wants to make the team. They do the structure of the men's team. And they're going to try and improve it. So, like, good on them. Maybe they... I think they will continue winning races. Whether it's GC or not, I'm not sure. But, um... Because if you put Pisa, or... In punchy races, I, I'm sure she came 5th in strata this year. I'm sure she can be more than just competitive. But, yeah, that's yeah.
1: all I have, Benji. Any last thoughts on the race? No. I think we've said it all. I think it was a good race in general. It wasn't an the, the outstanding race where I'm going to be shouting it off the rooftops every single day now, but... It was, it was a good race, and it was, it was the changing of the guards that we were waiting for.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. So thanks to, thanks to Ms. Roos, ASO, all the riders in particular, yeah. and uh, I can't wait to see them all at the World Championships in a couple of weeks. We'll be doing our preview of the men's. The, the World Champs scheduling has got me all out of sorts. <laughs> Jesus like Christ, This dude. year, we've got World Champs Men's Road Race next Sunday we've got beloved in 3 weeks early or late i don't know and the the world champs to
1: me is all over the place very very confusing i think yeah uh, yeah i think they put the women's road race a week later than the men's because the tour de france is so close towards the start of the glasgow world champs
0: right anyway we'll do our men's road race preview tomorrow that should drop tomorrow afternoon or evening so Another look one. out for that um we yeah, we don't do and then I go on holiday on Tuesday, so we've got to get that out of the Ooh. way because the start lists look mainly confirmed. But, yeah, thanks for listening all through this month, and we're, we're not going away just yet. Until that uh, preview tomorrow, ciao.